Hello, Steve. Hello, Log. And welcome to episode 179 <laughs> of Regular Features. That's that's it, isn't it? Me and you. Just the two of us. Sit in each, sit in each other's chairs. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Sitting in our respective chairs. Last week, it was just Matt and Gab. Yeah. So this week, we've decided, fuck them. Revenge podcast. We're going to do a podcast that's just me and just you. It's like that song where, fuck you right back, you twat, for doing that song about us and telling us to fuck off. Yeah. And not that their podcast was done with any animosity towards us at all. No. <laughs> But fuck them nonetheless. Uh, it's also like the song where the woman screams, I hate you so much right now. And, and the, the reply <laughs> song to that was, well, well, you're not so hot either, madam. <laughs> yeah. They were both very good songs. Um, how have you been? I'm, I'm just thinking, I, wanted to, I had it in my head to do a, a, a feature once that was about songs and reply songs. And obviously I was going to do the real ones, then I was going to pretend that uh, Radiohead's No Surprises was a reply song to Celebrax's Surprise Surprise. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like Tom York saying, calm down, Scylla. <laughs> we'll have a bit to drink. <laughs> Stop jumping out of shit, Scylla. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, yes, I've, I've been fine. I've been going to the gym and that. Mm. Like, um, I've been fueled by Gav losing seven kilograms of... Losing armfuls of lard. Well, yes. At a rate of knots. Yeah, just, <laughs> yes, that's a perfectly acceptable way to put it. <laughs> and not of shit. <laughs> oh, yes, he's just had the the, um, the, compri- the complicated douche, isn't it? Or the, the big deep douche. Is it? Oh, yes, he's had Which is my favourite summer festival. <laughs> <laughs> deep douche, sponsored by Heineken. <laughs> um, have you ever had an enema? I never have. Hang on, does this mean a, a kind of... It means a medical. A medical one to... I don't know. Does, does having a hole gouged into next to your ass count as an enema? That's the opposite of an enema. No, no, no. <laughs> if it was an enema, they missed. <laughs> accidentally excavated a, a, a fistula. Um, no, no, I, I don't think I have. Have you? No, I haven't. But I would hope <laughs> It's that. on the bucket list. <laughs> you know, I, did I see it on TV once where... Um, there's like a transparent tube that it all comes out of, and you can Wasn't see what's coming out of you. Richard Little Blackwood or something did that, and he was sort of lying down on all fours while was... it was like one of those networks of shoots you get in a supermarket that they stick the money into, <laughs> and then it flies yeah. around the ceiling for a bit. <laughs> but it's chunks of <laughs> shit. But only a, D- a Radio 1 DJ was going, oh my days, and looking at his shit <laughs> scooting around the walls. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's not going to check out 12. <laughs> Someone must have decided when they were building this enema machine, this tube, let's make it transparent. <laughs> make it so you can see what's coming out. It's like the enema machine does sound like a doomsday device. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you do want to see some kind of progress. I mean, what's the other way of knowing it's working? Just having a bucket that it just plops everything into. <laughs> yeah. Or some scales. Another set of golden scales. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, that 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 does, that does, yeah, sorry. I don't know why I suggested that like it was such a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, I guess it helps. Oh, I guess it's so you know when stops, when the juices run clear. Oh, yes. And then, like, you got to stop. Cause yeah, just... I suppose needless enemas. Yeah, it's once Sink it stops. Sink ships. Be... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, and that's um, pretty much where Hitler went wrong. <laughs> the Second World War. That's the war that he was primarily involved in. The Second World War. Yeah, he was most in famous, World War yeah, One, wasn't he? But he was most famous for his work in the second, yeah. although his work in the first did pave his way. Well, there's the <laughs> apocryphal story of the sniper who could have killed him and spared his life. Because he liked his moustache. <laughs> that guy's got a strong moustache. He's going places. And he's <laughs> running away. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Charlie Chaplin, that he, that he can't be evil. <laughs> oh, that, that, that works anachronistically, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know when exactly Charlie Chaplin rocketed to fame, mm. but I certainly know that I don't have my phone on hand to Google it <laughs> in a timely fashion. Let's Google it now. Google break. So thanks, Steve. What have you've, you've just researched it? What have you discovered? Charlie Chaplin would not have been famous during World War One. His first feature-length film came out in 1927. But he did found United Artists in 1919, which he uh, didn't have the moustache back then either. Did he not? No, the moustache came. Did, a hang on, later. you did not. Res- you researched. Charlie Chaplin, but you did not research a chronology of his I'm, facial hair. <laughs> I'm embellishing things. He wouldn't have had it in the first film, would he? <laughs> no, you're right. He would have gone to he'd gone to grow that once he realised that he was <laughs> he wasn't very good. And right, let me just research when he got okay, his mistake. Okay, play the research jingle. Right, so, yes. I've, so, Steve? I researched when he grew the moustache, and it was in 1914. So... Coinciding with World War I. What? Oh, God. <laughs> I wonder if Hitler had his then. Can you research that? <laughs> <laughs> Just one second. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, yes, what, what? During World War I, Hitler didn't have the toothbrush moustache. He had the Kaiser moustache, with his, which is the... The, the one that it's a bit more curly. Oh, a bit more what you see. Well, that's yeah, that's a bit more military, that one, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I feel like I've learned a lot in the last yeah. two hours <laughs> of stopping the podcast to Google things. Yeah, that was educational. Like, yeah. yeah. So Charlie Chapman had his toothbrush moustache. He had the Kaiser moustache, so the sniper should have shot him. So that, I'm sure there's probably someone who's done a lot of actual research on this, but did Hitler copy Chaplin? One second. <laughs> Okay, um, it, it seems like he wasn't inspired by Charlie Chaplin. Instead, uh, Hitler's sister-in-law, Bridget Hitler. Oh, Bridget Hitler, that's a... <laughs> she, uh, for some reason, claimed responsibility for the Hitler moustache. Does she claim responsibility for it in a proud or lamenting way? And um, also, did she suggest it because she bummed Charlie Chaplin? <laughs> There's no way to get to the bottom of this, is there? Give me a second, I'll read this. <laughs> Okay, Bridget Hitler claimed that Adolf spent a lost winter at her home in Liverpool in 1912 to 1913. The two quarrelled a lot, mostly, she said, because she could not stand his unruly Kaiser moustache. He cut it, but then in doing so, he went too far. (laughs) (laughs) Bridget Hitler saying Hitler went too far. (laughs) In in a move that would go on to characterise his entire political career. (laughs) That's uh, according to her, 1912, which is predates Charlie Chaplin. I don't know what to believe anymore. Wikipedia's contradicting itself. Unless there's a Bridget Hitler. She sounds like an awful person. Cut your moustache. No, that's too much. Oh, you've ruined it now. (laughs) You've gone too far. Well, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping what's here, Bridget. 
Well, domestic scenes. At the... I've learned so much in the in the introduction to this podcast. Well, wait, wait till you learn what you find out in the features that are happen. Did you say feature? I bloody did. My favourite. <laughs> oh, yum, yum, yum. It is time for the next regular feature. Before we continue with any features, I need to add what I just read on Wikipedia. That Bridget Hitler's story is considered fiction by most scholars. <laughs> Wow, wait designed to, to wait cash to, in on her brother's notoriety. Way to muscle in on Hitler. Yeah, Hitler. Hitlery. That's like Hitler history. Yes. Yeah. I don't know about you, love, but the Hitler family sound like a bunch of wrongs. <laughs> I'm glad they lost the not, war. Not a good egg in them. <laughs> a basket of bollocks. <laughs> but now it's time for Steve's regular feature: Steve's saddest Valentine's Day. Oh no. As you all know, as you know... I know. Last week, those turdmeisters did a <laughs> Valentine's special without us. And they got to say all of their saddest Valentine's stories. If anything, we're probably most equipped to talk about Valentine's Day because we are fucking powerhouses in the love department. We are <laughs> dynamos. We're, we're, mm, non- <laughs> <laughs> we're non-stop erotic cabarets. <laughs> And how? <laughs> and to boot. I'll tell you how. I was 13, and there was a boy in my class with the most beautiful face I'd ever seen. It was so big and rock solid. Not like the other boys in my class, who had very tiny and soft faces. And I loved him so hard that every night I would laugh myself to sleep, thinking how married we would one day be. And then I'd wake up in the morning, and I'd laugh some more about how many dogs we would own and make live in a shed. I can't remember his name, but it was probably Darren. I could never pluck up the courage to tell Darren how I felt. Every time I tried to speak to him, my mouth would fill up with saliva and I would drown. (laughs) One day, while on a school trip to a tombola factory, Darren and I climbed into a tombola and the door slammed shut behind us. Let us out, let us out, we shouted from inside, but nobody could hear us. We had both come to school that day dressed as empty tartan patterned seats which I later learned had confused the headcount on the coach on the way home. (laughs) So the class left without us. So there we were inside that tombola. Our bodies pressed firmly together for two weeks before we were let out during a charity raffle in West Wittering. As we made our long way home to wherever I'm supposed to live in this story, I turned to Darren and said, Marin, I mean Darren, I couldn't help but notice your child's erection inside the tombola. Would you, could you... Might you, but Darren interrupted me. Take me on a date to Pizza Express for Valentine's Day. We both laughed. Yes, Darren, that is what I was going to say. What is your answer? Yes, said Darren. My answer is yes. (laughs) Not crying yet. (laughs) It's happy so far. Oh dear. I was so excited when Valentine's Day finally rolled around. Like a tombola. (laughs) (laughs) Like a tombola. I ate as many roses as I could stomach. I wore every suit I had, and I arrived seven hours early just to be safe. When Darren walked in, he was radiant, and his face looked harder than ever. That really gave me a child's erection. But something was immediately off about the way he was walking. By the time the starters had arrived, something really wasn't right. He was growing before my eyes. He was eight feet tall by the time the dough balls came out, and getting rounder too, his torso expanding like an inflating balloon. I didn't want to be rude and continued eating my Diabola pizza, the hottest pizza they do. (laughs) 
but by dessert, I couldn't ignore Darren's size any longer. He was now too big to fit in the restaurant, and his vast bulk was pressed against every wall in the room, crushing all of the other diners and the waiters. I ran away as fast as I could, tears streaming down my face. Why was Darren being such a dick? <laughs> I got a text from my friend that evening. Mate, just heard Darren fucked everyone at Pizza Express last night. Crestfallen. <laughs> I called Darren. Is it true that after you expanded to the size of a Pizza Express that you fucked everyone? Steve, I can't talk right now. My mum's here, said Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me, Darren, did you return to normal size after I ran away from the Pizza Express that you destroyed and fuck everything? Yeah, he said. I hung up the phone. <laughs> that was my worst Valentine's Day ever. <laughs> I, I like how at the end of a pure flight of fantasy you tied it into the exact details of Gab's story. <laughs> That's, um... oh. I was trying to listening back to that one. It made me think: Have I got any particularly sad Valentine's Day story? I was, I was honestly trying to rustle some up, but not really because I didn't, didn't do anything until I was like twenty or so. So yeah. like by that time, it's like you're already cynical enough to look at Valentine's Day and think it's just a commercial enterprise. <laughs> yeah, I think you use that attitude to Valentine's Day when you're when you're uh, single or closeted. And you go, oh, it's all just a bloody big commercial yeah. thing. Yeah, look anyway. at you. I, don't, I can't believe you're all falling for it and yeah. just looking so fucking happy with each other. So by the time you find someone that you love, you can't go back on all that shit you said no, about no. Valentine's Day. You've got you to keep ignoring it. All those acidic blogs you did. <laughs> and try to delete, but you don't have to fucking passwords anymore. <laughs> Yeah. No, all I, all I had was that I dumped someone on the day before Valentine's Day, and that's not a sad story for me, but maybe he'd like to tell his story one day. <laughs> on I don't know. He doesn't want to talk to me anymore, <laughs> which is a shame, because he did have a 10-inch dick. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott. If you want to hate, fuck me. I am open to that. So I suppose I do have a couple of Valentine's related things. You to... said you didn't. No, but I'm I'm weaving I'm weaving on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> weave on a fly. I can weave on a fly. I'm that precise. You turn on the spot. You don't weave on a fly. <laughs> I will do what I please. <laughs> No, well, first of all, I've been going back to the gym, so that's obviously putting me in good stead for future um, Valentine's Days because you're more likely to have a get a card if you're dead muscly in that. That's true. So, yeah, but one thing I have noticed is that um, when doing shoulder presses and chest presses now, I um, when I get up from them, my anus twinges. Oh. And it sort of like it sort of like makes me gives me pause when standing up, thinking, "Am I?" Am I the closest I've ever been in my life to a genuine prolapse? <laughs> Am I, I, <laughs> Is it just twitching in the this? No, your, your ass knows how hot you are after you've been working out. It's like, oh, and, and it's oh, pre-loose, spasming yeah. with excitement. I, I wouldn't. You know, my anus is thinking. Well, I shouldn't wonder if a dick will fly at me any minute now. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to prep for this. <laughs> and. Um, the other thing is that one I've never noticed this in any other gym I've been to, but it's full of people wearing really a sort of hands-on aggressive T-shirts. One one man was wearing a go hard or go home T-shirt. My first thought was, why don't you just go and fuck off? Why don't you go home? And there's another guy who wears a Superman T-shirt, an actual Superman sleeveless T-shirt, and he's incredibly muscular. What kind of 
fucking arsehole needs to emphasise that. It's like if you were a lawyer and you just wore a t-shirt saying you better bring some fucking evidence to court today you shit <laughs> or bugger off he's not <laughs> actually Superman though no but he's, he's certainly alluding to himself being Superman because that is the t- that is the same t-shirt that Superman does wear it's you not were... like it's the, a picture of the Hulk he's got the Superman <laughs> logo where it is That's on true. Superman's chest well, if you wore a Transformers t-shirt, you wouldn't think you're a Transformer. No, if I wore the logo of Optimus' Prime on the chest, people might think, who does that dick think he is representing or <laughs> presenting <laughs> himself as Optimus Prime? Why isn't, why isn't he a bit more humble and tried to look like Bumblebee or something? <laughs> well, I think the that's a Transformers. But the other aspect of my Valentine's Day um, thoughts has been love has visited the King Billy. That's the pub I run. I believe you make jokes about me mentioning it a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you do. Well, it's my business. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you do know in the last live show I mentioned um, Cobby Wobby Man, or the man who, the hunchbacked man. Oh, he's, like a, the... he's like a human question mark made out of <laughs> lice and dust. Oh, is he the same guy as who the man who doesn't wash himself? He doesn't wash... He's Yeah, he's... I, I've got him to wash twice now, but he complains that it hurts his legs to get out of the bath. <laughs> you're, you're the Bridget Hitler of the King Billy. <laughs> oh, the conversation was heartbreaking when I told him to wash. It was like, he kept changing the subject and talking about breweries he liked, so I had to say, that's, that's all very well, but before I talk to you about breweries, I'm going to have to make sure that you understood what I said about you having to wash if you want to come back here again. Oh, I, was like, I was so diplomatic when I wanted to just scream, you disgust me on a fundamental level. Oh, God. And I mentioned in the last live show that the most recent way he disgusted me was by shuffling up to the bar and asking if I could maybe help him in his eBay by maybe helping him procure a copy of French Playboy. The French magazine Playboy. F- yes, the magazine Playboy, but a, f- a very special French edition. He's quite peculiar in his tastes. Jougasson. He- <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I obviously said no. But recently, today, I got a text from uh, the other pub he goes to, who I'm friends with, the landlord. Oh, yeah. And, um, well, maybe, Steve, if you want to bring up the thing I emailed you, we could go through the conversational texts that I had with him yes. today. Yes. Do you, want, do you want to go first? Okay. Pete just asked Tom to help him order a French porno mag from eBay. Was it Playboy? Yes. How did you know? Well, I don't want to big myself up, but Tom wasn't his first choice for cross-channel smut. Haha. <laughs> did you say no? I said I'm not comfortable sourcing softcore for my customers. Strictly hardcore only. I made that joke in the live podcast. Yeah, was, uh, I like it. <laughs> Softly lighted ladies are out, but BDSM gangbangs are in. It's got to be open wound scat before I'll act as an intermediary. Make it interesting for fuck's sake. How much is it? I don't know. I didn't want to Google tits with him in case he went off. <laughs> Tom says he only asked you first because we were closed. <laughs> oh, it's so personal. I know it is. I like the fact that he's like he's that they're like a domestic couple. Like Tom's straight, he's got a girlfriend, but they are so like a gay couple together. Like Tom just shouting, "Tell him how he said that because they were closed." <laughs> uh, so I said, "Well, tell just tell Tom his jealousy makes him ugly." Tom's actually agreed to help him. Oh, for fuck's sake! Now I'm jealous. <laughs> And it's true. It turns out that having heard that Tom's got him a copy of French Playboy, I don't feel betrayed. I just feel like 
He's going to... This man I hate is going to like someone else more than me. This man I hate and made wash. Ah, only for what? someone else to get to smell him. Yeah, yeah. So, so they get the benefit of his sweet and smelling hair. <laughs> and they buy him something that's going to make him wank. <laughs> they get wafts of tresemme. <laughs> and ply him with porn. And I get diddly squat. Honestly, it's like finding out what the, one of your fuck buddies has gone on a date. It's like, I don't know if there ever was an episode. No, there wasn't, but there should have been. But if Manuel from Forty Towers went to work for a rival hotel and Basil Fawlty finds himself jealous in ways he cannot articulate. And, but he does articulate it with anger by smacking Manuel. <laughs> and yes, he smacks Manuel more and more, and Manuel eventually comes back to him because he realises he doesn't like the way that the other hotel proprietor treats him well. Yeah, and it's a peculiar kind of love that they have. Yes. So I'm hoping that the fact that he's got him a porn mag will drive him into my arms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the porn mag that the other pub got him will drive... Him into my arms. Maybe he'll read it in my pub. No, no. Oh well, I'm. Well, I'm certainly... You're still. You're, this is still the first act for you well, guys. I'm still going to go on an all-out charm offensive now. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna set up a nail bar at the and over the counter and take a little cotton swab into all the little yellow gunk under his nails. Oh. I'm gonna treat him so good. But he doesn't like being washed. Well, I don't think he likes getting into and out of baths. I think he'd like it if I just held his hand in mine and gently, just maybe just fingered out, forget the cotton swab. <laughs> just, <laughs> I just, just jammed my tongue in there. I think it's just porn that he wants. That's what, that's what drives him. I'll be the judge of what he wants, <laughs> Steve. <laughs> and now it's time for my second feature. Oh, yeah, well, it's called Health and Safety. In the foods industry. Mm. And it's nothing about my pub. We're, our standards are meticulous. Don't it's worry. Five there's star no, food race. It is. There's no, there's, no, there's no comedy to be had in our strict diary keeping. Something funny. And um, monitoring the, med, the, uh, the, the, the temperatures of the fridge. It's, um, yeah, there's no comedy there. Cold. <laughs> it's cold <laughs> this enough. One, this one's Leave cold. me alone. <laughs> the pork's fine. I've smelt it. <laughs> a little preamble to this what happened is that I was sat next to a a Pret-à-Manger manager, and it's the one in the Vauxhall mm. Pret. And I've always thought he looked very nice, but I always wanted to see him with the um, the beard cover-off, because he's very insistent on wearing it. It just adds comedy to what could otherwise be quite a kissable face. <laughs> and I've never heard him speak. He's, he's got quite, a, little, what, a bit like a hairnet for a beard. Well, he's, he wears a hairnet over his beard because he's the manager, he has to lead by example, and um, I'm assuming that he wants to not shed in all the um, the rocket and crayfish and avocado. That, <laughs> sound, that sounds like a fucking Pret thing, doesn't it? pret Yeah. Before that, I just wanted to... Have you ever been to an Inferno pizza? An Inferno pizza oh, place? It's like the subway of pizzas. Hmm. Where you get your pizza, and they sort of top everything up for you on the way down, and you go through this slow conveyor belt of humans as your pizza is constructed, then put it in an oven. And I went to the one in Nottingham that's just opened up, and there was an amazing woman there. Everyone was meticulously turned out, but one woman behind the counter had a kind of nervous tick. Every time she handled some food, she just sort of, like, touched her hat. Ooh. And if you can imagine a hat that looks like it's completely covered in bird shit, it was because she's handling mozzarella, that it just accrues over the course of the day. It was, it was a nervous tick that had horrendous implications for oh, no. her facial and haired appearance. And... 
as she was coming up to my pizza, the, as she was doing it with the pizza before me, she managed to ferry a large lump of mozzarella onto the the beak of her baseball cap. And I, I didn't want to say anything. I was going to say, you've got cheese on your hat. It's not <laughs> cheese on your hat. Excuse me, madam. I don't mind saying this. It's a funny sentence to say, and I you've, want to say it. You've never said that sentence before. <laughs> no, didn't... Not with due cause, no. <laughs> so then I had to sort of like, as she, my pizza went under what had now become a danger zone because she was moving her head up and down. This blob of mozzarella, they, they come in balls. They, <laughs> mozzarella comes in balls and they are inherently rolly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a miracle it was staying on her head. Where for that long? It's only, I can only say it's a testament to the moisture of that cheese. That's the circus act. <laughs> and I, I, I got through, and it felt like I, I just pulled my hat out from a tomb, and it, it did drop off because by this stage I, I missed ordering my next bit because I, th- there was someone who was asking me questions, but I was staring at this woman's hat, and I, it dropped off just by the side of a man's pizza. I honestly. I, I breathed a sigh of relief. I could not have lived my life. <laughs> but you breathe a sigh of relief. And a piece of mozzarella falls off your head. <laughs> oh, no. And she'd been freaking out because you got mozzarella on your head as well. Yeah, I, I, I haven't been back there because that was such a kind of... It was quite a bit disgusting. <laughs> that hat was so disgusting to look at. Anyway, that's not what... Um, this is. This feature is not based on that. This feature is based on the chat that I was from the Pret-a-Manger manager, whom I fancy, and his interactions with one particular woman who was in the group of people he was lecturing who felt like she was being useful by asking questions. So, like, he, he would say things like, well, I'd like you not to put anything on the counters. The counters are just for food prep. Don't do that. And she said, what about the boxes? What about the boxes the food come in? Did she work there? Yeah. Okay. She, so, but she was like... I think she thought she was being f- helpful, but it was the most tense thing. He was just saying basic things. This is what you do do. This is what you don't do. And she was like, she was just throwing in constant like, but what? Yeah. Oh. So I'd just yeah. like to read you the transcripts of that conversation. You transcribed it? I transcribed it word for word, and I'm going to act it out with you now. First, I've seen phones and bags in the food prep area. The food prep area is just for food. So please, can you keep your bags in the cloakroom with your coats? Whatever, I have to put my phone down. Well, well, you shouldn't be using your phone while you're prepping food. Yeah, but what if I am and I have to put it down? Well, in that case, just don't put it on the same surface as the food. Can you just put it in your pocket? Then I can't see it. I mean, it's not like I'll be putting my phone in a sandwich. It's, it, it's not about putting phones in sandwiches. It's about needless distractions. Checking your phone will slow you down, which actually brings me to my next point. The bottlenecks at rush hour are really stopping us from eating our targets. Bottlenecks? The, the dolphins? That's bottlenose. Who are you calling bottlenose, you cheeky cunt? <laughs> what, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, and this is important, is that we're not producing enough of the key products at vital times. During the breakfast shift, I really need you to keep an eye on the sausage brioche. What if there's a dog in the kitchen? There should never be a dog in the kitchen. Yeah, but what if there is, and he's really nice? There are, there are still no circumstances by which a dog could legitimately get into and stay in the kitchen. Well, you don't need to tell me that. Thank you. You should tell it to the dog. He's dead nice. He's batshit for sausages, but most dogs are, aren't they? Is, is, is this dog why we've been underperforming in the brioche department? Mate, you can't just say underperforming in the brioche department and expect respect. Well, well, okay, this is something I'll look into immediately. Before you get back to work, are there any questions? Yeah, I've got one. 
okay, <laughs> quickly, quickly then, and chop, 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 chop. I know you're not allowed to smoke in the kitchen, but for the sake of argument, say you were, and if your fag butt fell onto a chicken's piece of baguette, is it okay to give that one to the homeless bloke who keeps walking into the kitchen with his ass hanging out, if that's the only way to get rid of him? Yes, yes, whatever, yes. And you've cleared up the dog, that's cool, no more dogs, but, but what if you're riding the dog around, and he gets excited, and he carries you into the fridge, and the fridge door shuts on you, and there's no one around to open it because it's 2am, and your mates are too fucked up to work out where you've gone. Are you allowed to eat the food to keep yourself alive overnight, or should I just eat the dog? Just eat, just eat the dog. Fuck you. Fuck this bread and more, Jay. That's naughty. Oh, somebody tell me where my feature's gone. My regular feature. That wasn't what actually you heard. <laughs> no, but it was the tone and timbre, and that's surely the essence of writing. <laughs> Oh. I dare say Bridget Jones didn't actually have all those adventures either, but she went on to sell millions. Really? Yes. Bridget Jones. No one goes to the edge more of like reason. Bloody Bridget Hitler. <laughs> more like. <laughs> hey, There's a, that a callback and a half. Yeah, and it's at the end of the podcast. So that's a way to round things off, make it feel like a complete hole. Well, I've enjoyed tonight, Steve. Thank you very much for um, being my friend tonight. Thank you. I love you. And I thank you, you for too. being in my bedroom. And if you, reader, loved us too, you'd support us on Patreon. www.patreon.com forward slash regular features. And I'm not saying this, but if you are a Patreon, or you may think you are, but your card may have recently been declined, maybe think about renewing that. Yeah. What's that about? Hmm. <laughs> Trying to get one over on us? Yeah, you trying to kind of... Thank you, Clever. Is this your way of just muting us instead of blocking us? <laughs> Don't like it. And we've got a live show coming up. <laughs> oh, my God. We're that, that's going in the podcast? <laughs> Come to the live show. You get infinitely more respect when we see you in person. March 7th at the Canal Cafe Theatre. Yeah. And I believe it's April. Hold on. Play the Google Music again. April the 4th. That sounds sounds like a good day. A good day for regular features. <laughs> it's the first Monday of every month, is what we was what the idea is. what we should is. be getting at, yeah. yeah. That, is, that is the case with these two, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. First Monday um, of the month. Canalcafetheatre.com. Uh, you can find uh, ticket details on there. The next one's going to be really good. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've all got something planned for that. Um, and I think that's it I think that's everything there it is uh, that is all apart from the fact that I do really enjoy the live shows because you do meet a high class of human there yeah they're all good and, all um, smiley cheeky chappies and I'm going to remember all your fucking names so help me god ah oh, don't get me started there's Jorgen Blurded Blurden Fafafted French stop it I hate this I can't think of funny words. There's a reason I'm not Steve Martin and I can't think of funny names. <laughs> okay, bye. Regular features, features, features. Regular features, regular features. Regular features, regular features. 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 Regular 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 features. 
Making your features. Features, 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 features